Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hey guys, welcome to season six of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am so grateful to each and every one of you who have been tuning in to the freedom stories of the individuals who have graciously agreed to come on and share with each of you. So let's keep going. Season six starts now. Hey guys, welcome to another week of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I'm really excited to introduce to you a new friend. This is AJ, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet her and hear her story. So AJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me, Gina. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Sure. So I'm, there's really nothing too super exciting to share, (laughs) but I am a wife, a mom of four, and I run an online ministry with my ministry partner, Jenny Evangelista. Um, So together, what we do is we just point other women to the word of God, because the scriptures have been instrumental in bringing healing to my own life. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if your listeners have any experience with God's word, they could say the same thing. It Mm -hmm. truly is transformational. And our heart's desire through our ministry is to just see women experience God through his word. So that's basically what we do. And that website is sojoacademy.com. I love that. It, it aligns perfectly with what we do here um, by talking about people's stories and helping them see the God's redemptive power and um, getting anchored into his word. So I love that. So let's talk about your story. Yeah. Well, my story, it's, I kind of give a disclaimer when I share the beginning, especially of my story, because when I say what happened to me, a lot of people think, oh, wow, that's, that's really sensitive. It's really painful. And honestly, I just want to give the disclaimer up front that God has brought tremendous healing to my life. And I'm not that wounded person that I'm getting ready to share anymore because of his grace and goodness and the truth of his word. Mm -hmm. So when I was four years old, I experienced a summer of sexual abuse in my life. And we had, our family was very involved in the church and my parents opened their home to anybody who needed it. And that was all throughout my childhood. But when I was four, they opened their home to, coincidentally, it was a missionary family. And I have to say that I spent 14 years on the mission field. So not all missionaries were like this. I think this was just, you know, one in probably very, very, very few, mm-hmm. but, um, there was the gentleman who came to stay was 
um, he, he just saw me as an opportunity and my parents weren't aware of what was happening. And there was sexual abuse in my life during the summer that they stayed with us. And that really is some of my very first memories are of that. And it really shaped me. It broke me. It caused me to believe about myself that I was defective. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that somebody could do that to me, I just naturally thought it must be because something is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And I believe that lie about myself for a very long time. And that's actually one of the things, you know, Satan uses lies. Like that is his only tool against us is his deception And if he can get us to believe something that is wrong, either about ourselves, about the world around us, or about ultimately about God, then that is how he can build those fortresses in our lives. But what we know is God's truth can demolish those strongholds and God's truth is stronger than this, the devil's lies. And so that just really, but, but that beginning did kind of set me up to, to see God and myself and everything around me in a, in a kind of, kind of a misguided light, you know, and that did shape my early on years. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Well, and like I said, you know, at the beginning, when you think about something like sexual abuse, it's kind of like, Oh, wow. That's really sobering and solemn. And it, and it is, it's a tragedy, but what the devil means for evil in our lives. And and Joseph said this, Mm -hmm. you know, in in Genesis 50, what Satan means for evil, God means and can use for good. And Mm -hmm. I can honestly say that I am thankful for what happened in my early childhood Mm -hmm. because it opened up in me not only a need for God and an awareness of my need for God, Mm -hmm. but a capacity to love and to be sensitive and to see the needs in other broken people that Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think I would be able to have and see without walking through that experience. And so I'm on the other side of it now. And I'm able to say, I thank you, God, that, that you use this Mm -hmm. in my life in such a powerful way to give me a message and a ministry. So it's the end of the story is a big, huge hallelujah. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. I love that verse in Genesis 50, 20. I think I say that one really frequently throughout the podcast because every story I hear and even my own story, like those things that could have destroyed us, that could have taken us out you know, God's like, no, I'm going to use it for good. And I'm going to use it to help others. That's right. And you know, the interesting thing, and this was, this was part of my healing, actually, when I realized that even Joseph did not minimize the evil intent that was against him. And I think part of our healing journey is, is to be honest and say, you know what, that was evil. It was Mm -hmm. wrong. And to accept that like, we don't have to cover that part up. We don't have to say, we don't have to be ashamed of the, the bad things. You know, mm-hmm. we can be completely honest and say it was wrong. It was evil. It's, it's nasty. It's depraved. Like those things are, 
damaging and, you know, and they're hurtful and they, they inflict wounds upon us. And yet that's not the final story. That's not the end of the book. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's something stronger, there's something greater and there's victory. There's true victory and true freedom. You know, as we walk with Christ, he can bring that about. That's what he does. That's, Mm -hmm. that's who he is. Amen to that. In between the times when you, um, that happened to you and you received your full healing, what was your life like? Yeah. Well, this is a really good question. And actually I've had several people ask me, they're like, you know, well, what actually helped start the journey? Like, where did it begin? And it's really funny because I remember a very clear turning point in my own thinking. And I was, it was, there was one day I was sitting in my recliner And this was, I was married, but I didn't have any kids. So we were married for like eight years before we had any kids. And it was a blessed time in my life because I was able to just spend hours sitting in my recliner with the word of God. And it was just (laughs) so healing. Mm -hmm. But I remember as I was sitting in that recliner one day, just reading through scripture, I came across a verse and I'm going to read it here. It's from Isaiah 50 verse 11. Mm -hmm. And God just used this verse to change my focus. So this is what the verse says. It says, but now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze. But this is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. And as I pondered that verse, it just like really struck me. And as I began to think about it, I began to realize that If I want to continue seeing my past the way that makes sense to me, that's Mm -hmm. like lighting my own fire. It's like trying to navigate my life, navigate the events of my past with my own understanding. And as long as I do that, I'm going to be tormented. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to find the answers I need to find if I hold on to that perspective. But the other side of the coin, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I lean not on my own understanding, but if I acknowledge him, he's going to direct my paths and he's going to change my story. And I remember that day sitting there in that recliner with this scripture opened up before me, realizing I have a choice to make. I can either let go of the way that I have been like rehearsing those scripts that I had been going over and over and over my whole entire life about what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I could continue doing that. Or I could say, God, I don't understand. I don't know why this happened. I don't, I don't know how to get fixed from this. I don't know how to get healed with this because at that point it really affected my marriage relationship, you know, mm-hmm. intimacy with my husband. Like it was all, it was a mess. It was one big mess. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to heal myself. I don't know how to be the person I need to be, but I'm going to stop worrying about that. And I'm Mm -hmm. just going to trust. I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to say, I'm leaving all of those doubts behind. And I'm just going to say, God, you do this for good. You are going to bring good. And just that one sliver of hope, that one little bit of truth, I'm going to hold on to with all I have. And that really was a huge turning point in, in my process. Or how old were you in that half when you started that journey? So I was, I, I married when I was 20 and 
we moved to the house with the with the red recliner probably <laughs> when i was 22 so i would say i was about 22 mm -hmm. so this i was into my adulthood when that happened yeah i can i can say the same because the journey that i went through the healing part didn't happen until actually right around covid yeah wow yeah i mean and sometimes i mean that's that's just how it works and that's how the lord you know he has his timing but just to give everybody context of how old i am now i'm 48 so it's been a few <laughs> years since that journey started but you know god is just really good to bring us to that point to mm -hmm. say okay it's time for you to start this journey of healing you know mm -hmm. and uh he's he's faithful to do it your time of healing did you go through class? Did you go through counseling? Like what was your, what were the specific parts of your journey? If you want to share that. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to share. So we shortly after that period in my life, my husband and I ended up going on the mission field. Mm -hmm. So that, and that really was a huge part of my healing because what happened was I ended up leaving everything that was familiar to me. I left home. I left family. I left church. And, but the biggest thing I left behind was American Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I began to detox from all of the messages that I had grown up with about what a good Christian should do, what a good Christian should look like. And I began to experience God's grace. Like I had never had in church. Like I just, I had never really understood the grace of God and being overseas in a place where I was away from everything familiar. It was kind of like God was calling me into this wilderness that turned out to be this abundant place of blessing in my life mm -hmm. because he fed me that manna, that daily grace and taught me how to live differently. It's like when the Israelites left Egypt they had to relearn a new lifestyle, one that was different and separate from being taskmastered and beaten and driven and, you know, expected of all of these things. They had to come out of that mm -hmm. and relearn a whole new way of life. And that's what the mission field was for me. It was relearning the ways of grace and just accepting and, and just receiving the lavish grace of God. And so it wasn't a counseling or it wasn't, you know, somebody else coming alongside of me. It was literally God saying, okay, I'm literally going to move you from this environment into another one. Wow. And I am going to feed you myself from my own hand. And it was, it was a precious time in my life. Wow. Where were you guys at? We were in East Asia. So we spent some time in different, different parts of that part of the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you said you were on the mission field. How many years? 14. 14. Okay. Yep. 14 wow. years. Can't imagine being on the mission. I went for like two months. I can't imagine being on there for 14 <laughs> years, but that's really cool. Cause a lot of people do talk about the difference between American Christianity yes. and in, throughout the world. And what were the biggest differences that you saw? Well, right offhand, I would say one of the biggest ones is the believers that we mentored and came in contact with overseas, they didn't have a lot of Bible knowledge. That, so they don't have all the resources we have here. 
mm-hmm. and they don't have a, a whole lot of Bible knowledge or access to mm-hmm. like conferences and workbooks and study Bibles and all those things. But what they do know about God's word, they obey it. Mm-hmm. They act on it. And if they read in the scripture, you know, love your neighbor or whatever, they like take that literally and go do it like uh-huh. when they read it. So it's a completely different approach. I think our approach in Western Christianity tends to be academic. We think mm-hmm. that we need to study more and we need to learn more. And we think that that's like the answer to all of our problems is to like get more educated and more knowledge of the Bible but their approach is completely different. They take action on what they do know. And it's, it shows in their walk with the Lord. So I think we overemphasize the head knowledge in our culture for sure. Mm-hmm. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if we obeyed half of what we knew, you know, we would be, we'd have a different country. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I think we all can say amen to that. <laughs> amen. Especially, I mean, it's just been crazy starting yeah. with COVID and just going into um, things we've gone through lately. It's, I know it, it's heartbreaking, you know, it, it really, really is. is. So when you talked about a couple of verses so far, was mm-hmm. there any other verses that as you were overseas and you were doing all the healing work uh, that kept you anchored? Yeah, for sure. So this is really one exciting. I'm hoping that I can explain it as well as it impacted me because <laughs> so, it's a, it's a little involved, but this comes from John five. And as you know, from John five, there's a man laying outside of the sheep gate at a pool called Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And he, this is where like all the disabled people went and they used to lie there So it says the blind, the lame, the paralyzed would, would lie there. And then there was one man who had been an invalid for 38 years. So that's a really long time. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus, it says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to stop right here for a second, because that, when I read that question and God really started using this passage in my life, I thought, well, why did he, why did Jesus ask this man, if you want to get well, he was 38 years in invalid. Of course he wants to get well, but he, Jesus, I think Jesus knew that when he healed this man, cause he was getting ready to heal him. Mm-hmm. This man's very identity was going to change. And this man had to be ready for that. He had to be ready to become a functioning part of society. He had to get ready to relate to people completely differently. He -hmm. had to embrace who Christ was getting ready to make him to be. And that can be hard. Like, honestly, it can be hard to go from victim to victor. When you see yourself as a victim and you're used to like, waiting on everybody or expecting everybody to kind of cater to your little wounds and your hurts and all that. It can be painful to go to a victor status and and a triumphant status. I mean, there is a process. And so when I was going through this process, I was like, you know, do you really want to get well? Are you really ready for this? Are you up for the task of seeing yourself and embracing yourself differently and not being, not playing the victim card again? And so anyway, so Jesus goes on and he says, the man says, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. So we see a little bit of that victim mentality here and, and rightly so, because I mean, literally the man can't get up and get in the pool. 
Right. But this is how he sees himself. And he says, when I try to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So it's like, you know, I never can get it. It's not going to happen. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. And God just used this passage in my life over a period of several months to show me, okay, I am doing this in your life and it's your responsibility to get up and walk because that is your new identity. That is what I'm able to do in your life. It's not about you. It's not about your ability. It's not about you fixing yourself or having the wherewithal to, you know, to, to change this about your life or about your past. It's about you trusting me and trusting my healing that I am able to do this and I'm willing to do this. So that was a very powerful passage in my life as well. And you did explain it so well. <laughs> oh, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is a powerful verse for sure. Yes. Yeah. There's a difference between getting well and completely getting well. Yes. And yeah, that, that verse definitely um, shows that. That's so, right. And for me, I mean, God used it for me, like I said, to really pinpoint that victim mentality that I had been holding on to that. He was like, okay, that's got to go. If you're really going to step into and live out the identity that I have for you, you've got to let go of that victim mentality. That will definitely preach to someone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth it. I will say it is really painful. It's really painful to let go of it. And it's, it's yucky to see it in yourself but it is so worth it. So hang in there. If you're going through that right now, hang in there. Thank you. Definitely. People will definitely use that and need that. So thank you again for sharing your story and for, you know, like I said, being so vulnerable about it. How do you see God using you now? Well, you know, it's funny. I think, I think it's been said before God takes our messes and turns them into messages. Mm -hmm. I think that really is true. Um, you know, as I was learning to trust, because that was really a big issue for me is, is just not being able to trust. Uh And as, as God was teaching me how to trust and specifically trust him, I began to write out some of the ways that he was teaching me that. And I put it into a book. It's called trust without borders. It's a 40 day devotional. It's on Amazon. And I have received so many emails and messages over the years from that book, just in ways that it has blessed people and spoken to their hearts. And honestly, I mean, it's, it's God, you know, it's not me. It's just his faithfulness. It, they are, his faithfulness are like seeds that are planted in the lives of other people as we share what he's done and his faithfulness Mm -hmm. to us. And, and I've just, I've been so tremendously blessed by that. That's great. I will put links to that also in the show notes. Okay, great. Today. And let's talk about Sojo. Okay, sure. Yeah. So Sojo <laughs> is, is kind of where I hang out now. <laughs> like I said at the beginning, it's, a, it's really an online global community mm-hmm. that I run with my ministry partner, Jenny Vangelisa, and we just invest our hearts and souls into these women who come alongside of us. And basically what we do is every month we go through a different Bible study mm-hmm. and um, it's a fresh Bible study every single month. And then we have 
weekly Zoom meetings where we're talking kind of like we are here mm -hmm. and we're sharing what we're seeing in the word of God. We share prayer requests. We just encourage each other. And it's, it's just a real blessing to us because we have women literally from all over the world who wow. come together that we wouldn't have met in our local churches, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what we do. We've been doing this for nearly four years mm -hmm. and the two of us together, we have, you know, we just, our hearts are, are vested right there. And it's, it's the way I think, you know, it's how it's where we give our best and it's, it's, to us, it's our ministry. That's where mm -hmm. we can pour into all the lessons we've learned in life. And we've lived life for a long time. <laughs> we pour all of those into the ladies there. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a blessing to be able to give back in that way. Yeah, it sounds great. I've seen a little bit of it, but um, yeah, it looks really cool. And yeah. I think that's the greatest thing about online because people want to put it down and dog it so many times but there are so many positive things if you do it right and use it right yeah that's yeah I mean I think that's a really good point there can be there of course there's always going to be negative things mm -hmm. and as Jen and I say I mean with with our ladies within Sojo Academy what we tell them is you know we are not a replacement for your local church that is right. definitely God's plan for each one of us is to be part of that local church for accountability, for relationships and all of that. Mm -hmm. But this is an adjunct to that and provides community in ways and with people globally that you wouldn't have the chance to, like, I wouldn't have a chance to meet you without being here on, on a zoom call, you know? Right. So it's just a way to connect with other people and get more of that richness of the community and the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, heck, I would love to come down and visit you guys in Georgia. I mean, yeah, especially yeah, in the winter fun. months. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it's cold up there. It, it doesn't get cold here, oh. <laughs> especially when I live. It does not get cold. Yeah, it's it gets a little cold up here. Just depends on the winter year. So yeah, we got it bad last year. Maybe hopefully or earlier this year, maybe we won't get it as bad this coming year. So yeah, maybe it so maybe it cycles. That'd be nice. <laughs> it would it would so how can people find you and find the academy and uh what all do they have to do to get involved yeah sure so if you if they want to know more about just us about jen myself and what we do inside sojo academy the best place to go is to sojoacademy.com and it's s-o-j-o academy.com but we also have a lot of free resources. So we do a podcast every week. So your podcast listeners may be interested in adding another one to their playlist. But, um, ours is called the Sojo show. So they can see that and find us there. But we also have a, one of the studies we have coming up soon is going to be on anxiety, which I think is super timely right now. Mm -hmm. And we have a free resource for anybody who would like that related to, um, anxiety. It's basically a Bible reading plan to combat anxiety. And these are some verses that we have found helpful, you know, cause I mean, we all do live in a world that is anxiety ridden, you know, right. and it's cave to that. So, um, if anybody is interested in that, they can sign up for that and get that for free at sojoacademy.com slash anxiety plan. Mm -hmm. And that, that would be a, a a gift to anyone who wants to have it. Well, thank you so much. When is that? You said it's coming soon. 
It is coming soon. It is coming in August of 2022. Yeah. So just about a month from this recording. All right. Well, I will put links to all of that stuff in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for coming on today and for the encouragement that you gave my listeners and to me as well. And um, just love seeing what God is doing to further his kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Gina, for inviting me. And thank you also just for what you do and the, sh- the stories that you're sharing. Thank you for being a faithful witness to that. Thank you so much. And guys, I will talk to you again next week. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I pray that God taught you something through the story of the person you just listened to and that their encouragement really does have a positive influence on your day and on your walk with God. If this positive if this podcast has done that for you, please go leave a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and Just let people know uh, what this podcast has done for you so that they can direct other people to come listen. I really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. God bless and talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.